Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Um, so in 2023, December, you said you didn't have any receipts. I do not have any receipts. I did not have any receipts. But you did travel with Miss Willis in 2023, correct? I did. And you traveled with her in 2022, correct? I did. And you traveled with her in 2021, correct? No. So you only traveled with her in 2022 and 2023? 2022 and 2023 is what I recall. That's what you recall? Yes. Okay. Um, so you just don't remember if you traveled with her in 2021? 2022 and 2023 is what I recall. Is what you recall. My question is, did you travel with her in 2021? I'm not recalling any travel in 2021. So it's not yes or no, you just don't remember? I'm not recalling any travel in 2021. So you did not travel with her in 2021? Your Honor. This has been covered. Let's keep going. Thank you. I'll tell you what's been covered. The fact that Fonnie Willis and this guy, uh, Mr. Wade, this relationship started years earlier than the initial claim. He was clearly hired because he was the lover. I just use, I love using the word lover. This guy, he figured his own marriage was over in 2015, so he had no problem shacking up with a Fulton County DA, Fonnie Willis. And Fonnie Willis had no problem with hiring her man, no, wait, I'm sorry, her lover, to prosecute Donald Trump, along with a host of others utilizing RICO, racketeering laws, as the basis, Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's not your radio, it's, it's my cold. It's right now just in the throat because honestly, wh- wh- what does it matter if you have a voice if you do radio? I ask you. This relationship, these stories, payments, oh, this is ugly. Ugly, and one has to assume, Fonnie Willis, does not have long for this job and that this whole case is going to have to kind of start fresh. When I ask you personal, do you think that's being romantic? Yes. And do you understand that their relationship began in 2019 and continued until the last time you spoke with Yes. So, there it is. There it is. When I asked you personal, do you mean romantic? Yes. And do you understand that their relationship began in 2019 and continued until the last time you spoke with her? Yes. That's a, that's a witness. They really picked some winners to go after Trump. I'll tell you what. 
You want to make an accusation? You want to make a claim? You want to say Trump did X, Y, or Z? You want to go after him? I'm not here to stop you. But the people that you do this, that that you put in charge to do this, does anybody ever check them? You didn't know that in Fulton County, Fonnie Willis was a big, hot mess? That's, that's precious. Precious. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait to see how this totally falls apart. That isn't the story I wanted to start with, but it is so much right now because all this is happening today and and the clips are coming out and it's just, oh, just a big hot mess. I wanted to get into the threat. Of course, we talked about it yesterday. This threat that uh, Mike Turner, who chairs the House Intel Committee, puts out on X, quote, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has made available to all members of Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. I am requesting that President Biden declassify all information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. You want to talk about getting people riled up? That is going to get people riled up. Of course it is. What in the world are you possibly talking about here? Well, there's a couple of things that they could be discussing. One of the things they could be discussing is the idea of Russia weaponizing space, which is not so much a threat of tomorrow. It is a threat of the future. But you go back to them putting into space the ability to destroy their own spy satellites. They uh, utilized a what's known as a hit-to-kill anti-satellite missile in 2021. They blew up one of their own defunct spy satellites that was originally launched in 82. And it broke up into over a 1,000 pieces of debris. And people in countries around the world were like, what, what is this? We've got rules about this. What do you think you're doing? So if there is now some kind of enhanced capacity and capability by the Russians to utilize space as a weaponized place, well, that is certainly a national security threat. Just like it's a national security threat when China announces they've uh, deployed a rover, landed a rover on the dark side of the moon, and people go, ooh, the dark side of the moon. You mean you're trying to engage some level of of understanding of the poles of the, of the moon in order to populate it, in order to be able to have a base there, in order to be able to conduct activities from there. For what, for what other reason are you landing on the dark side of the moon? There is no other purpose to this. There's only one. There's only one purpose. So it could be this. It could be this idea of uh, trying to weaponize space. That's a threat. That has to be addressed. Then there's the idea of Russia preparing for war. That 
Russia believes they'll have to take on NATO and actually is wanting to take on NATO, adding more troops near Estonia. Now, this is easier stuff to see. The satellite imagery would show you uh, these things. And regardless of what Tucker Carlson says, of course, Russia has expansionist views and desires. Putin definitely does. This is not a debate. I also don't care what the man has to say about supermarkets. We'll get to that story. It's it's nutty. So these could be the threats. It could be that these are known things. They have been known things. And this was, if you will, leaked by Mike Turner as a way of trying to influence the House of Representatives to vote for aid for Ukraine. That is possible. And certainly people have been talking about it. Sources that I checked with say that it's more than possible uh, and certainly probable, right? Something being probable is different than something being possible. Um, to, to put out a statement like this to try and force the hand of the House is pretty despicable pretty gross and as the house has said as speaker johnson has said we are going to fund the border first and i think they should the argument is not one or the other at least in my view i do believe the argument that we can and should do both but in a world where things must be ranked it isn't equal, and we should say so. It is clearly more important for us to tend to our southern border at some level than to send a check to Vladimir to not to, to Vladimir Zelensky. Sorry, it is. If we have terrorist cells pouring across the border right now. You have single, able-bodied Chinese men coming across the border. I would never have allowed a single, able-bodied Chinese man to come across the border. You don't know who's with the CCP. The CCP is the enemy of all humanity. The answer is you go back. Goodbye. Don't care about your claim. No single, able-bodied men allowed. Are we now going to get to the place where we have cells in the United States just engaging in terrorist attacks. Oh, well, that's life now. And the same people telling us that the Second Amendment is the problem and what caused the shooting in Kansas City during the Super Bowl parade, that's the same problem with that we have regarding these terrorists. No, 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 you, you silly little creatures. The Second Amendment is to protect us from the terrorists. What happened at the Super Bowl? Well, that's something we'd like to know about. Where's the information? We actually have uh, updates. Uh, Scott Parks is scheduled to be with us, radio host in Kansas City. We will get to him in a little bit. I rank these things. I rank these things, and it is clear to me clear to me that the border comes first and i think it's clear to americans that the border comes first if if 
you had more construction of the wall, which is really a fence, if you deployed more technology, drone technology, et cetera, to be able to see when people are crossing the border, and if you engaged policy that dealt with the labor needs from people coming across the border, people that are needed by farms all around, don't deny reality, you would... After you deal with that, you'd probably have more people saying, okay, if you want to now go fund Ukraine, go ahead. Certainly there are people who disagree. I think they're wrong. I think they've got a a pretty, you know, uh, poor view of the situation, of what it is that Vladimir Putin is all about, what the desire of taking Ukraine really is, and... Well, this would even go to whether or not NATO has a value uh, in toto. And the answer is yes, it does. So is Mike Turner trying to put his thumb on the scale? It does look that way. As for what Russia is doing, whether it be in space or whether it be Estonia, it's worthy to know. But it seems that the threat conversation isn't the threat of today or tomorrow. Is it a threat? Well, everything Putin does is a threat. Putin doesn't want to see you do well. Putin wants to see you ended. I mean, who doesn't know that? I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You said in the affidavit that you roughly shared travel, though, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So this roughly sharing travel, you're saying she reimbursed you? She did. And where did you deposit the money she reimbursed you? Oh, it was cash. She didn't, she didn't give me any checks. Holy crap. This, this is, it could not be scripted better at all. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. The relationship between the, di- the the district attorney of Fulton County, Fonnie Willis, and her lover, um, uh, uh, Wade. This is out of control. Her relationship with Nathan Wade involves, first of all, goes back much further. Then was known, according to friends, goes back to 2019, even though he was still married. Although he thinks his relationship ended in 2015. They were married till, I think, 2022. Fonnie Willis is the DA in Fulton County, bringing the charges against Trump and a host of others, utilizing RICO, racketeering charges, having her lover, Nathan Wade, be the prosecutor, paying him more than she was willing to pay other people. He's now on the stand having to answer questions. And the question was, did you go on vacation together? He says, yes. Did you share charges? Yes. 
Did she pay you back? Yes, with cash? All I needed. Um, you said in the affidavit that you roughly shared travel, though, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So this roughly sharing travel, you're saying she reimbursed you? She did. And where did you deposit the money she reimbursed you? It was cash. She didn't She didn't give me any checks. So she paid you cash for her share of all these vacations? Mr. Schaefer, you'll step out if you do that again. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And so all of the vacations that she took, she paid you cash for? Yes, ma'am. And you purchased all of these vacations on your business credit card, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And you included those in deductions on your taxes, correct? No, ma'am. No, you did not. All right. So let me follow it perfectly. They went on vacations. Now he claims that he doesn't remember any travel with her in 2021. He only remembers travel in 2022 and 2023. Uh, he might, he might be lying there. Uh, it's, it's certainly possible, but they went on vacation. He paid for the vacations on his business credit card, he then got reimbursed in cash, but he wrote off the entire trip on his taxes, to which he says, no, he didn't. Well, that's going to be pretty easy to figure out. That one might be pretty easy. And so far... He has submitted only one receipt of evidence for a replacement claim. This, according to Jonathan Turley. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but I have a series of questions here. Including, of course, the big one. The relationship between Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade is not one that would, in terms of a sexual relationship, that would cause them to be disbarred, to lose their ability to practice law. But if they were involved in paying him a certain amount of money above what a going rate would be, and that somehow some of that money was given back to her, well, that would be a problem. If this shared arrangement about vacations was I pay you this and it benefits me in this way and we claim I pay you back with cash and we have no receipt of it. I mean, we're, we're into money laundering at that moment, aren't we? We've watched enough episodes of The Sopranos to figure this one out by ourselves. We don't have, you and I have zero legal training. Zero. Just a couple guys on the bar stool. We've all got this figured out, right? This is what happened. I'll pay you, we do this, it's all on the on the taxpayer's dime. <laughs> what a what a great scam. And if anybody should question it, have an issue with it, talk about it, well, we'll just claim that they're a racist. They just they just don't like it because we're black. That's Oh, that's right, she already did this. She already said that. That is something else. And now the question is going to be who takes over this case. Is the case now gone or is the case delayed? It can't be gone. You already have people who pled guilty to a bunch of nonsense charges. But this is some real corruption. This is some real corruption.
And I'm I'm calling it money laundering. That's what it looks like to me based on hearing it for the first time. The legal eagles, they may have another point of view on this. But this is something. And and for the people on the left who are thrilled with these charges, are you are you bothered by what Fonnie Willis has done here? Based on what you know so far. Do you agree? That even if you think the charges should continue and and, the, and the, those trials should continue, that Fonnie Willis certainly shouldn't be the person. Or do you not care as long as she's gone after Trump? Ask yourself where your moral compass is. Meanwhile, there was a shooting at the Super Bowl parade in Kansas City. Scott Parks has the latest. It's coming up next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. a shooting at a Super Bowl parade. This taking place as the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the San Francisco 49ers. Back-to-back Super Bowls for them. And they have, like every city would have, the parade. And from that parade, there is a shooting that kills one, injures many others. There is someone credited as the hero for tackling This shooter, but we don't seem to know much about why the shooting took place to begin with. And the question, of course, is why don't we know what is the latest on the situation? Scott Parks joins us. He is the host of the Dana and Parks show on KMBZ uh, in Kansas City. And it's it's good to have you here. Uh, give us, uh, first of all, the, the, the overview, the latest of, of what has happened as if people are just first tuning into this story. Uh, Tony, thank you for having me. Um, and good morning. Um, I guess probably the best way to do it would just be to go through the numbers. Uh, Sadly, one person died. Uh, there are several more, as many as seven, perhaps, in critical condition, uh, several with life-threatening injuries. Um, and obviously, we pray for them. Three people in custody, 21 others shot and wounded. Um, to answer your question about a motive, and not that it matters, I guess, um, there's, there's no justification for what happened in what I consider the greatest city in America, um, it was not terrorism. It was not extremism. And there may have been actually two shooting locations. There may have been two shootings. Um, one on the street in front of Union Station and one perhaps in the parking garage. We're still, I mean, this is a fluid situation. You know that, how these things work. And so we'll probably learn more today. Uh, but the thinking is at the moment that there were two separate shootings, 21 people injured, one dead. So when you talk about two separate shootings, Scott, are we talking about in two separate areas, or were there two shooters? Uh, both. Um, to, to put this geographically, and I, I understand that I'm, I'm talking to folks in Indianapolis who probably have not been to Kansas City, uh, Union Station is our big, it's a train station 
just south of downtown. It's a gigantic building that they refurbished about 25 years ago. And it is sort of the, the, the mecca, if you will. And, and, and we've been very fortunate in this town over the last 10, 11 years. We've had an MLS championship, uh, a World Series championship, and three Super Bowls. And so this has kind of become the go-to place where people in this city gather and the teams come out and, you know, Travis Kelsey comes out and butchers a Garth Brooks song yesterday. And uh, the, the innocence of that. And as I was watching it, I was like, oh, my God, and um, he's making an idiot out of himself. And um, if I only knew what was coming up in 20 minutes from that point, uh, I would have never believed it. But Union Station, uh there is at least one shooting that occurred out front of Union Station. There's a road that runs in front of it called Pershing Road. And there was at least one shooting out there. And we believe there's a parking garage just to the west of Union Station, probably about 300 yards from Pershing Road, where there may have been a second shooting that occurred yesterday. Talking to Scott Parks of the Dana and Parks show heard on 98.1 FM KMBZ in Kansas City. Uh, it, it is not unknown in when there are these kinds of sports uh, celebrations to see people get out of control. This, of course, is different. You're bringing up the possibility uh, of a second shooting as well. When it comes to the security measures that are in place, what do you hear from local law enforcement uh, about what they have uh, set up, uh, their coordination with state and any federal uh, coordination and do they feel that their systems were in place or do they feel that there were any failures or gaps we're not going to know that just yet there were were 850 uh, police officers on the scene yesterday that includes kansas city missouri uh, kansas city kansas all the surrounding communities like leavenworth had police officers there lawrence had police officers there um so there were 850 police officers from throughout the entire metropolitan area. There was FBI. There was Homeland Security. There were snipers on every big building that surrounds Union Station. I don't know that security could have been tighter unless you had introduced um, metal detectors. And, you know, trying to funnel a million people through metal detectors would have been impossible. And... So I, I don't know how they could have improved security. Obviously, there's going to be some Monday morning quarterbacking. Uh, we're, we're not there yet. I mean, we're, we're, we're still trying to figure out, you know, who did this? Why did they do it? Who's hurt? Um, and we're, we're weeks away from figuring out, you know, maybe months away from figuring out how, how do we make it better? How do, how do we improve it? But I will say this very quickly, if I could, Tony. I think what happened yesterday in this city as tragic as it is is going to change the way that we do not just we in kansas city and maybe we'll get another super bowl win next year who knows uh god willing but um it's going to change the way that we do celebratory parades in america uh because what happened yesterday is inexcusable um it it was a day of celebration It, it was it was a great day it was it was one of the most perfect days in kansas city cloudless sky 60 degrees, a million people downtown, everybody having the time of their life, more confetti than you can throw a stick at. And then a couple of morons with guns went ahead and ruined everything for everybody. 
One of the conversations that is out there was that this was, and it's been reported in multiple places, that this was a dispute between two people. Has there been, an, in, not necessarily official reporting, but unofficial, you have people, uh, uh, you know, it's Game of Thrones, the birds talk to you, uh, your little birds. Has anybody discussed what this dispute could have been? Uh, was it um, a business dispute, sexual uh, lover's dispute, gang dispute? Has any of that conversation come up? At one of the shootings, uh, one of the potentially two, we did have somebody on the air yesterday who called in and said, I was right there when it started. And he claimed that there were two men, probably in their 20s, who approached a group of about five teenage boys. And there was some sort of argument. he, He was under the impression that the seven of them knew each other. And the five teenage boys started to walk away, he claims. One turned back around with his backpack and didn't even pull the gun out of his backpack just fired his gun through the backpack and shot one of the two men. They returned fire. You know, obviously everybody's shooting at each other. And then 21 people, 22 people, actually, uh, if you count the deceased, um, 22 people were shot. Talking to Scott Parks, radio host on KMBZ Radio in Kansas City, host of the Dana and Parks show uh that person who was killed lisa lopez galvin um mm-hmm. you know i'm a, i do, i do radio in indianapolis and, and across the state of indiana weekends uh across the country with a series of, of different shows i don't know everybody who does radio in my city but i know a couple of names the name of of lisa lopez galvin this was uh a 43 year old um was there at the parade with her kids what do we know uh, about her, and what is the response from Kansas City? Uh, she was from a city called Shawnee, which is a western suburb of Kansas City. In fact, uh, I live in Shawnee, and I'm calling you from here. Uh, she was not a neighbor, but she lived nearby. Uh, she was a radio disc jockey on a public access radio station called KKFI. Uh, she hosted an Hispanic radio show on Tuesday afternoons. She was a mother of two. Uh, a wife, uh, dearly loved by the people that obviously knew her, uh, well-respected in our industry, um, and just went to the, I mean, like a million other people yesterday, you know, woke up and wanted to go see the Chiefs and wanted to see Travis Kelsey butcher a Garth Brooks song and wanted to see Patrick Mahomes and everybody else and maybe see Taylor Swift, who knows? Um, and by the way, can I, can I just touch on that very quickly, if I may? Not you to make feel it free. But thank, I, I thank God she was not there yesterday. Not because of, of what happened, but because of the, the crowd she would have attracted. We had a million people downtown yesterday, and the estimate was if, if word got out that Taylor Swift was going to be there and word got out early that she had already left for Australia, um, if Taylor Swift was going to be there, they were estimating the crowd at maybe 2 million people. And um, because of who she is and how big she is. Um, and I just, I thank God she wasn't there yesterday because I can only imagine it would have been worse. 
So now this this leads us to uh, what what is next uh, for the, the city. The investigations are, are going on. Is has local law enforcement been uh, forthcoming with information, or are they keeping this close uh, to the vest? Not because they might not know things, but because they don't want to share things. Which way is it going right now? Well, I think I think they've been as open as they can. Um, yesterday, uh, I, I thought they I thought they did an excellent job of communicating to the public in regards to what was going on, where are we now, uh, what is the situation. I mean, there there was a news conference at 4.15, and then they held a news conference at 5 o'clock. They had two news conferences, the police department did, within 45 minutes of itself. Uh, And I I, I think they've been as transparent as they can be understanding the situation. We have at least three people in custody. I've heard... uh, and this is unconfirmed. I've heard rumors of as many as eight people in custody. Um, I, I anticipate that there will be charges today. I'd be shocked if there weren't. But um, no, I, no, I think I think law enforcement. And, and if, if I may, turn just very quickly. Um, anytime there's a, a shooting, and I've never I've never even been close to a shooting in my life, other than like when I go to the shooting range. Um, but. I think the natural human reaction is to just run, to get the heck out of there. There were heroes in this city yesterday, and some of them wore uniforms and some of them did not. There were people, and I think you referenced this earlier, um, there were people who saw danger and ran at it and tackled it and stopped it and waited and held these people until the police arrived. And as awful as this day was yesterday, again, in what I consider the greatest city in America, um, there were heroes among us yesterday. The evil descended on my city yesterday. Evil came here, but so did angels. And, man, they showed up in droves. Before before I let you go, Scott, a question about the politics of it all, because when these things happen, it leads to people like we've already seen uh, members of Congress do. We're already seeing the Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas engage the conversation of gun violence, and there's a gun violence challenge uh, as it relates to major uh, events. It leads to people with uh, uh, engaging, you call them levels of attack on on the Second Amendment. Aside from these kinds of statements about a gun violence challenge in this community and many others, that's the quote from the the mayor, Quentin Lucas. Do you hear anybody getting political uh, in Missouri or in Kansas? Not yet. Um, I'm sure that's going to happen. I I will say this, if I may. Uh, I'm I'm a gun owner, uh, a responsible one, which is to say that my gun is locked all the time and in a safe. Um, But we have a problem. And I'm, I'm, I'm done with the, well, we'll get to that later argument. Uh, we have a problem in this country. We have a problem in this city. Kansas City is, is, is an amazing and beautiful city. But we had a record number of homicides last year. Record. 200. 200 people in this city were murdered last year. And we have a problem. And sooner or later hopefully sooner rather than later, it would be my preference as a responsible gun owner and a believer in the Second Amendment that we have a come-to-Jesus meeting with ourselves. There's a problem. 
and nobody wants to solve it. Everybody just wants to keep saying, oh, we'll deal with it later. We'll, we'll get to it some other time. No, let's get to it now. And I would be let's one of the people. I would be one of the people as a Second Amendment uh, supporter and a owner uh, of firearms uh, that our, our issue is, is not the Second Amendment or the very concept of the right to be able to defend oneself and the ones we love, but rather what is leading people down a road that says that in any confrontation, the answer is bang. The answer is do damage as opposed to finding other ways to deal with the thing. What are the points that are leading us to that place? But that, Scott, is another conversation for another day. Scott Parks from 98.1 FM KMBZ in Kansas City. I do appreciate you taking the time. I'm happy to have that conversation with you further. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. David Cameron is the foreign minister of the UK, and he wants the United States to move faster on supporting Ukraine, and seems to have made the argument that if you're not willing to give the money to Ukraine, you're an appeaser of Putin, just like those people who were appeasers of Hitler. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, a reporter catches up with Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene in the halls of Congress to ask her about this, where she says she doesn't appreciate the name-calling, and... David Cameron says that you should vote through funding for Ukraine. What do you say to that? I think he tried to compare us to Hitler also. And if that's the kind of language he wants to use, I really have nothing to say to him. Well, he likened you to an appeaser to Hitler in not voting through funding for Ukraine. Are you an appeaser for Putin? I, I think that... Um, I really don't care what David Cameron has to say. I think that's rude name-calling, and I don't appreciate that type of language. And David Cameron needs to worry about his own country, and frankly, he can kiss my ass. But do you think Putin's the good guy in all this? And she walks into her office and slams the door in the dude's face. My only argument, Representative Green, is if if you're going to say somebody is name-calling, and then tells, you tell somebody to uh, kiss your butt. That's a, that, that, that's a kind of mixed uh, message. That's all I'm saying. Other than that, I don't care what you say to David Cameron. It's fine by me. So the funding of Ukraine, is this because of the threat? What is the threat? Or was this nothing more than a play to get the funding? That's up next. I'm Tony Katz. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America... It's Tony Katz today. I think it's important that we go back over this so-called threat 
because there is a story here. There's actually multiple stories about what's happening on a world stage and then how about how people will utilize the world stage to try and move their political desires. And instilling fear to move your politics is amongst some of the most evil things that can be done. One needs to be engaged with their politics about how, in, in a way that creates a better life. That's what politics is supposed to do. Less government in your life, more you in your life. That's how it's supposed to work. And what we get instead, far too often, is people who want to tell us that their politics are the only way and the other person's politics are going to kill you. This is the great evil behind Trump is a threat to democracy. No, he's not. But keeping him off the ballot in Colorado is. But the powers that be, they don't care that they keep him off the the ballot in Colorado. They favor that. The last thing they want is for you to have a say in who you vote for. Well, is that what happened with this threat, as Representative Mike Turner put it? This uh, major threat that he needs Joe Biden to declassify right away. Was this nothing more than Representative Turner trying to push Congress into passing legislation that would fund Ukraine over through fear mongering? When you can't convince people, scare them. There is something ugly here. But the other side of this is the recognition that a threat exists. And maybe Russia isn't this sweet little country just trying to live their lives after all. I don't know if I said hello, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, that's the name of of the show. Noah Rothman joins me. He is from National Review. Find all his work at nationalreview.com. He covers a tremendous amount of these foreign policy uh, conversations. And the threat itself that the House Intelligence Committee uh, has has made available to all members of Congress this classified information. People were going to the skiffs, the special compartmentalized uh, information facilities, to read uh, the the information. This is a threat that's happening, and Joe Biden needs to uh, uh, declassify the information so Congress can speak to allies and start working on something to deal with this threat. That's incredibly uh, powerful language. True or false? Are you talking to me? I am talking to you, Noah Rothman. Oh, I didn't know if I was introduced. Hi, Tony. Um, that is absolutely powerful language. Uh, I think it's proportionate to what we understand the threat to be. All of us are kind of working off leaks, so we don't know really what we're talking about. It's very speculative. But the leaks that I've seen that seem credible involve the existence of a nuclear-powered orbital vehicle designed for anti-satellite missions. Um, So you could say that that's simply a deterrent in the outset of hostilities that would be utilized to knock out American uh, communications, reconnaissance, and navigation satellites, which is a a very big deal. Um, But is it necessarily a first strike weapon? Could be. We don't know. That's the nature of the threat that they have to detail and itemize. And because this has likely been the case for some time, that this vehicle has been in orbit. The question arises, why is it now? Why is it being released now? And I think the most uh, suspicious 
uh, explanation for that behavior is the one you laid out at the, the outset. And that would be it's being laid out now because they want to use it as a pressure point to get Speaker Mike Johnson to bring the Senate aid bill to a vote in the House. That's the argument. That is the suspicion. Hard to confirm. But if there's a coincidence here between the timing of that release and the fact that this bill, the Senate bill has stalled in the House, uh, it does seem hard to decouple them. I would say, however, that I take issue a little bit with your framing of the debate, because in part it demonstrates exactly the problem you outlined. The problem you outlined, which I take no issue with, is the idea that your selective, the selective release of selective presentment, presentation of facts to the public designed to advance a political agenda is duplicitous in a particular way. Um, but at the same time, for example, and, and it's unfair to frame that in one way and not the other. So at the outset, you said, well, let's say let's take the Donald Trump example. Donald Trump isn't a threat to democracy, but getting him off the ballot in Colorado is. And I happen to agree that pushing him off the ballot in Colorado is com- constitutionally dubious. And if it were to stand, we'd essentially have an election in which different states were voting on different candidates. The last time we did that was 1860. We know how that went. It is a major threat to democracy, what Colorado did. At the same time, those who do say that he is a threat to democracy are basing that on the fact that he tried to rewrite the, the 12th Amendment to the Constitution on the fly. It's not as though they have no foundation for that assessment. And it doesn't pass a Turing test to say that they don't. So let's take that to Mike Turner. If Mike Turner is selectively releasing this information only to light a fire under Republicans in the House to get this through, to get this bill passed, which, by the way, most of it replenishes America's depleted ordinance stocks, extremely valuable, and there is no plan B then he's at liberty to do that. I am I am absolutely unconvinced by the insurgents in the House who are clutching their pearls and rending their garments over this assault on the decorum of the body. How dare you? You observe no decorum on your own. You observe no compunction about rewriting the rules on the fly and then creating pressure on your fellow members in conservative media outlets to get your agenda passed. How dare you assume that that is your proclivity alone and no one else can engage in your tactics? These are the same tactics you pioneered being used against you. That's what you resent. You're at liberty to resent it, but you're not at liberty to rewrite the history of your own action. Now let's fight. I figure why not. Talking to Noah Rothman of National Review. Find his work at nationalreview.com. His book, The Rise of the New Puritans, Fighting Back Against Progressives' War on Fun, available at amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. If you want in right now, to put forth a piece of legislation that said, here's $50 billion. We're going to use this money to ensure that America has all the bullets it needs. It would pass the House with every Republican vote. So when we discuss aid for Ukraine, we cannot now frame it as, well, this is actually good for us. That is how Representative Jason Crow tried to frame uh, this debate, that this is actually a jobs program. And a lot of this money is going towards creating missiles for for Israel and and getting this for Ukraine. And that's jobs in the United States. This is not a jobs program. And I think it is ugly to frame it as such. But if Representative Turner wants to engage in a conversation, about the threat of Russia, he is more than qualified and capable and able to do so. But to put out a post on X that is cryptic as the day is long to try and engage fear, that is ugly. I don't disagree with that. I think it is a 
hard-nosed, sharp-elbowed tactic designed to light a fire under his fellow members. And look, if this bill came to the floor today, it would pass with over 300 votes. The majority of the Republican conference is for it. The majority of the minority conferences, caucuses for it. The fact is it's not coming to the vote because they want unanimity among Republican members. And there's a handful of Republican members, I'd say less than 10, who would block this thing. That's why they're not coming up for a vote. $48 billion of the $61 billion do stay in the United States. There is some money for Ukraine to try to keep its doors open, not for pensions and what have you, but about $8 billion to keep the government open. And that's fine with me, because if you're spending a lot of money to try to save Ukraine from being subsumed violently into the Russian Federation, you do kind of want the government to stay open. Uh, but at the same time, $2.6 you know, $2. for Taiwan, $1.9 billion of which is just replaces the munitions we've already provided to Taiwan. Same with the uh, support for Kyiv. In fact, the lion's share of the money going to Israel actually does go to Israel. Um, about $5 billion of that is for uh, the replenishment of the missile interceptors. But no Republican has a problem with that because they don't have a problem with any of this. It has everything to do with the politics of Ukraine. And the politics of Ukraine are very weird on the right. But it, has very, but it is detached from the actual discussion of Ukraine as a potential American partner in the post-war environment, and the desire to contain the conflict in Europe uh, in the advance of American interests, keeping the continent free of gigantic hot wars, the largest of which we've seen since 1945 is ongoing right now. Um, so, yeah, I do think that it is perfectly fine for, the, to, for Mike Turner to say Russia is an immediate imminent threat to, to American security. It is. It has been since 1945. This is not new. But the fact is that... And- a lot of members in Congress seem to be need, need to be reminded of that. I don't begrudge him that, that opportunity. And you and I don't disagree about the threat that is 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 Russia. I find uh, any statement regarding um, Russia not being an expansionist power desiring of more conquest to be, you know, that that's laughable in in my view. Uh, it is uh, not acceptable. It is not. I don't believe hard elbowed uh, what Mike Turner has done here. Uh, I, I believe it's fraudulent. And those and are two different assuming, things. By the way, well, all, all uh, of us are assuming. Agreed. Agreed. This is two guys on a bar stool with this conversation but let us discuss what it is that russia is desirous of in this idea of expansion in this idea of conquest in this idea of do they in their in their foreign policy dealings outside of what we see vis-a-vis ukraine do they show a desire to be expansionist yes and they're very open about it I don't know if you took two hours to watch Tucker Carlson's interview with uh, Vladimir Putin. Very little of it was new if you watched Vladimir Putin's speech at the outset of the second invasion of Ukraine in February of 2022. He spent two hours illustrating the historic Russian claims on Ukrainian territory and Polish territory and the Baltic states, and up to and including the defense of the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact with Nazi Germany, which in which uh, which paved the way for Moscow to invade eastern Poland and the Baltic states and uh, incorporate them into the Soviet Union proper, not the Warsaw Pact, which came later, into the Soviet Union. Um, that was a, a historic reclamation of ancient Russian claims on these territories dating back to Rurik the Great and Catherine and all this. Uh, and they're essentially demonstrating that they really do mean it with their actions. In 2014, for example, Uh, Moscow did this really bold cross-border invasion into Estonia. They used radar jamming technology that covered their their movements with smoke grenades. They 
crossed the border, they captured a border guard, they took him back to Moscow and put him on trial. Uh, it was it was an invasion, a small invasion, but an invasion nonetheless, demonstrating the Obama administration looked right past it. They didn't want to acknowledge what they were looking at. Um, but it was demonstrative of their claim on Ukrainian territory. And the claim on Ukrainian territory is evinced in Vladimir Putin's contention that the Russian diaspora, the Russian speaking peoples abroad, belong to be belong to Russia. They deserve to be subsumed back into the Russian sphere. He's laid that out for Tucker. He's laid that out in his actions. And it is Russian grand strategy to break the NATO alliance, not by a giant fold-a-gap style invasion. They don't have that capability. But what they do have is the capability to menace and threaten, say, Estonia, say Tallinn, and present that facts on the ground to NATO and say, listen, this part of Estonia is ours now. Do you really want to risk nuclear war for tiny little Tallinn, for little bitty Estonia? Would you really die for Danzig? This is... This is the history that Vladimir Putin is marinating in. These are the conditions he's establishing and will present to NATO in a very short period, according to the Danish uh, defense minister, who says, according to new information, not our assessment in 2023, but it is our assessment now, that in three to five years, Moscow will challenge the alliance militarily. That's on the plate. That's on the table. We have to acknowledge it and meet that threat, or we will face that threat unprepared for it, and we might back down. And that would be terrible for American security in the world. Talking to Noah Rothman of National Review, uh, his latest book, The Rise of the New Puritans, Fighting Back Against the Progressives' War on Fun, available at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. Uh, the question that this leads to is, are we as a, as a nation prepared for this? And this is not a conversation of whether or not we've got the military man, uh, fighting power. We've got the guns. We've got the tanks. We've got the missiles. We may or may not have the hypersonics. Uh, that That's a, a separate conversation. But it really comes down to a will. Do we have the fighting, the leadership of a fighting force that's going to actually be willing to lead? What is your assessment there? Well, that's really an open question, isn't it? Um, Sadly, yes. I don't don't see the will on the part of the loudest elements of our politics. The most prominent members of the political discussion who dominate our media um, do not have that will. Indeed, they, they would shrink from America's obligations abroad. I don't think that's true of the broader populace. Uh, who are badly underrepresented in our national political conversation. I think they recognize that uh, Russia is not our friend, that Moscow has designs on Europe, uh, that China has designs on the South China Sea, and that they need to be deterred through force. And if force the deterrence breaks down, it needs to be restored through force. I don't think that's a controversial position for much of the country. But our thought leaders... Our loudest voices in the conversation do not share that outlook. And they have the power of persuasion because they have access to all the microphones. So I would be very hesitant to say that we will absolutely meet that threat. And doing things like encouraging Moscow to test the tensile strength of the alliance by saying, hey, look, maybe we will, maybe we won't. I think that's a risky proposition because he might take me up on it. Noah Rothman, find his work at nationalreview.com. Noah C. Rothman on X. Find him there as well. I appreciate you taking the time. I've got more. I'm Tony Katz. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
tickets are up. Maybe it makes sense. Maybe it makes sense in the light of this report that retail sales fell and fell gigantic. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Retail sales down 0.8% in January. There was a 0.4% gain in December, or so we were told. The estimate for the month of January was a 0.3 drop. This is much, much bigger. Building materials, garden stores were weak. Miscellaneous stores, motor vehicle um, uh, parts and retailers seeing a downward trend. Could have something to do with some outrageously cold weather that came through. Or it could have something to do with that higher inflation, higher prices. People spent whatever they were going to spend for the holidays, and now they're done. There is no more cash to spend. Yet as I say this, the Dow is right now up 242. NASDAQ is up 29. Shake Shack, they're seeing their stock go up 20% on a strong fourth quarter profit. And they've got a great outlook for 2024. So people aren't buying goods, but they're still buying themselves a $14 burger? I got nothing against Shake Shack. I think Shake Shack should be a sponsor for the love of God. But that's an interesting conversation about where people see the value of their dollar. They see it in lunch. I I, I sometimes don't understand how people spend their money. When I see people who I I know are, are getting paid hourly, and there's nothing wrong with getting paid hourly, and I see them go to Starbucks twice a day, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's happening here. I don't know how you afford to, I don't know what the point of the working was. You're working for coffee. You could pay somebody in coffee. Yeah, bring your coffee from home. Get yourself a small coffee pot, not a Keurig. Oh, there's nothing wrong with it, really. Get yourself a coffee pot. Make your own coffee. Save the $4 per times two, times five, times four, times 12. That's twice a day, five days a week, four weeks a month, 12 months a year. See how much money that is that you get to keep and take all of that money and invest it right now. Right now. Put it into your Roth 401k. Boom. Just do that. Interesting that Shake Shack should be doing so well. But when you take a look at the market being up, you're like, why, why is that? Why, why, why in this, with this sales data, would it be up? Well, maybe if it's a conversation of we want to, uh, to have this economy cooling, maybe people buying less as economy cooling is something better. Whole thing is messed up. Messed up and weird. Also, Japan is no longer the the world's third largest economy. They're fourth. Because they're in a recession. So, by the way, is the United Kingdom. One has to assume it will come for us. Or maybe we'll always avoid it. And people can crow about that. But as long as people are spending more in a supermarket than they want to, or they can afford to, it'll be a problem. I'm Tony Katz. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
This Fonnie Willis story is nuts. This is... It's nuts. I can't even describe it. So let me... I, I didn't know this was going on and to this extent. This is the evidentiary hearing on the misconduct allegations by Fonnie Willis, the Fulton County District Attorney, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Find everything at TonyKatz.com. And and so she is the one bringing the charges, utilizing RICO, a racketeering predicate against Donald Trump and a host of others. They work together to fix an election, whatever the case may be. At least however it's described. And they brought all these people together who would turn on Trump, who would do this, who would do that. By the way, it's not it's not your radio. It's it's me. It's a cold. It's in the throat. It's in the voice. It'll go away in a day. And what we find is that it turns out that that Fonnie Willis hired her lover, Nathan Wade, to be the prosecutor. And absolutely paying him more than anybody else. So he's getting these financial favors, never mind a little bit of favor on the side. I don't know. I don't know. Do I have to uh, better describe what I mean by favor on the side? I don't think I need to describe anything more than that. Do I? I are, you, are you sure? Yes! 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 Uh, we're talking about a favor on the side. That's what we're talking about here. This guy was married, and he was still getting... Yes! 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 Just so we understand each other. They were going on vacations together. But fascinatingly enough, when going on vacations, the... The, 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 the lover, Nathan Wade, paid for it with his business credit card. And Fonnie Willis reimbursed him with cash. Who in the world believes this? She reimbursed you with cash? Nah. Let's try it differently. She paid you all this money. This was her getting a kickback, the vacation that you then wrote off uh, completely, all the taxpayers' dime. This is money laundering. How is it not? I'm not quite sure how it's not. Now, maybe there's actually another term for it that the legal people could explain to me. Meanwhile, listen. Okay. And let's just talk about that travel. Okay. Um, The first trip is Belize in March 2023. Is that a trip that you took with Miss Willis? Are you asking? Did you take a trip with Miss Willis in 2023 to, to Belize? Belize? I did. Did you take a trip to California with Miss Willis in 2023? I did. Did you pay for those trips on that credit card? I used the credit card to book the, the travel, but un- understand. She that, paid you back cash. Well, let me say this. Let's take the Belize trip, for example, since okay. you started there. That was a birthday gift to me, so I paid nothing for that trip. Zero. Okay. So the, the charges that are on your card, she gave you cash for? 
She did. Okay. So all of the charges. Excuse me, Your Honor. I believe the witness had finished answering the question. Oh, did you have more? I did. Okay. Um, I, I wanted to get into the, the charges on the, the car because so traveling with her um, is, is, a, is a task. You can probably imagine the attention that that happens. So, for safety reasons, um, she would limit her transactions. Um, I mean, imagine trying to walk through an airport or sit at a restaurant or do anything. Um, so, why is she so famous that she can't walk through an airport? With uh, without being mobbed. Oh, Fonny Willis, we 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 have to talk to you. We need a picture with you. You're just so great. You're just so wonderful. Was oh, that Taylor Swift over there? Oh, forget her. She's a nobody. Fonny Willis is here. Who in the world is mobbing Fonny Willis? Who? It's a task. We didn't tell you to date her. We didn't tell you to make her your lover. I just love saying it that way. I don't know why. There was no, there's no attempt to con- conceal. It's a credit card. Everything is here. So, and and that's not what I asked. Okay. Um, what I asked was the charges for Belize in March 2023 on that credit card. Those are things you purchased to go with Miss Wa- with Miss Willis to Belize. Those are those are things that we booked with my card that yes. she paid. Yes. Yes. So those show up on your credit card. They do. And you're saying that she paid you cash to reimburse you for all of that? She did. And she paid you cash for both of your portions or just hers? Both. Okay, so that trip, Belize, just Belize, she paid you for everything on Belize? The entire trip. Okay. So the food, tattoo parlor, all that stuff, she paid for? I'm going to... I'm sorry, maybe do the question... There was no there, there was no tattoo parlor in Belize. The charges there's a there's a tattoo parlor on the charges. I, I'm not getting into what it was for. I'm just asking if everything that's on that card related to Belize, she paid you back for. She paid for you, yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. Two things. First of all, someone's gonna have to have a photo of the tattoo. Should we put? Are we placing bets on, on on where it is? Are we placing bets on where the tattoo is? Producer Carl, would like would you like to place your bet on where the tattoo is and on whom? I can't say it on the radio. Oh, you can say it on the radio. As a matter of fact, <laughs> you might have to. There's a tattoo parlor? Son of a gun. This is getting awesome. But look, I I I, I don't have an investigator's mind per se. I I I, I not a lawyer. I have no legal training. You paid by credit card. She gave you cash for both of you. This is a kickback, right? By the way, what proof do you have that she gave you cash? How does one prove that she gave you cash? You're on the stand saying this? Ha oh. Oh, my. I'm not the only person who's like, yeah, none of this looks good for Fonnie Willis or her lover. Even MSNBC is like, um, uh, yeah, this is, she's done. 
You're watching MSNBC special coverage of the trials of Donald Trump. You were just listening to a hearing in Fulton County, Georgia, this hearing to determine whether D.A. Fonnie Willis and lead prosecutor Nathan Wade should be disqualified. On the stand just now, Robin Yerty, she managed public relations at the D.A.'s office. And joining us now, Charles Coleman, civil rights attorney, Caroline Polisi, federal and white-collar defense attorney, uh, and uh, senior FBI official, and, of course, the former U.S. attorney, Chuck Rosenberg, who's going to be with us in just a, a minute. But, Caroline, I just we've all been watching this, and it's, it's so legalistic-centric and yet so important and fascinating. Right. Don't let the legalese fool you. This is epic. This is monumental. If things are going in the direction we think, uh, Fonnie Willis, lied to the court, it's game over for her. She will be disqualified. Um, if they had a relationship prior to when they uh, represented to, to the court, it's it's a huge deal. I, I can't overstate it. And do you feel the same way, Charles, based on the testimony of what we just heard? And we just learned Nathan Wade, who is the special prosecutor in this case, walked in the courtroom. He is being sworn in to testify now about this issue and his relationship. So that was that was their clip. Yes, it's over. Yes, the relationship started earlier. Holy. You see, but uh, but they're having the conversation about whether or not she gets to continue uh, in this case against uh, uh, President Trump. I, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm, I'm well past that. I want to know when she gets disbarred. Hold on. Hold on. I, I, you have a better legal mind than I do. You've seen way more episodes of Law & Order. Here's, here's the question. Work with me uh, on this. Court is in session. Money went to trips to Belize. We know this. We just heard the testimony. Belize in 2023, where Nathan Wade, the prosecutor, the lover of Fonnie Willis, who we know is getting paid more than what other prosecutors were offered per hour, he paid for the trip on his credit card and is now making the claim that he is getting paid cash by Fonnie Willis for everything, including the tattoo parlor. And yet there are no receipts for that. How is that not some level of kickback for Fonnie Willis? It goes on his credit card so nobody could could bring it back to her. And the second he gets on the stand, of course he throws her under the bus. Now it's a question of whether or not the actual cash got dispersed. Now the follow-up, where'd the cash come from? Are we going to find out that there are expenses to uh, the district attorney of Fulton County? And these expenses, they come out of the petty cash, a little bit of here, a little bit of there. Next thing you know, Belize, here we come. Bring the coconut oil. I have no idea if you bring coconut oil to Belize, but one has to assume. Forget whether or not they're going to be on the case. They're not going to be on the case. I want to know if there's the possibility of someone getting disbarred. That's the only thing I want to know. This is my official court music, by the way. 
I swear to you, if that wasn't for the people's court, it would have been used for a very, very B-rated porn. This is nuts. I wasn't expecting this today. I forgot even the trial was happening. Oh, my. They they really uh, got the best and the brightest. But if you want the very best, the very best is to hear Fonnie Willis in her own words, the Fulton County District Attorney about why people should vote for her. This is her, in her own words, here's why people should vote for me. Because they deserve a DA that won't have sex with his employees. Because they deserve a DA that won't put money in their own pocket when it should go to benefit children. Because we deserve better. That's that's really her? Was that, is that 2000... Was that 2021 she said that? I forget when she said that. Oh, uh, 2020. That was in February of 2020. Because they deserve a DA that won't have sex with his employees. Because they deserve a DA that won't put money in their own pocket when it should go to benefit children. Because we deserve better. That's from the Atlanta Voice. Okay. Well, this is going to be fun. This is Tony Katz today. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. became heated, you'll remember, responding to the special counsel's assertion that he could not remember within several years when his son Bo died. Last week, the president criticized her for asking him about it. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. But tonight, NBC News has learned that her never asked that question, according to two people familiar with the interview last fall. They say it was the president, not her or his team, who first introduced Bo Biden's death. The sources say the president got the date, May 30th, correct, but not the year. There's something very important in this. Uh, Never mind the fact that this administration is is proactive in trying to defend a guy who is not altogether, not all there, and can't be president and should be removed from office today, yesterday, the day before. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. They want to tell us all, and I'll get into it, about how smart he is and how uh, adept he is and how uh, sharp he is. Let's go back to what we now know and what he said. That the special counsel, Robert Hur, H-U-R is the last name, who said that, yes, Joe Biden willfully cl- uh, kept classified information, classified documents, willfully kept them. We would put him on the stand, but he's an elderly man with poor memory, and uh, you're, we're not going to be able to get anywhere with, with, with charging him. 
and he couldn't remember dates when he was vice president, and he couldn't remember the year uh, that, that his son died. He couldn't remember within years. Remember now, now go back to how Joe Biden states this in his press conference. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Now, certainly the question could have been asked, when did he die? But the special counsel didn't even bring it up? How dare it be any of his business? You brought up your son, Bo Biden, who died of brain cancer. Did not die in Iraq. Did not die because of his military service. He got brain cancer, and it's awful. And it's very clear that you, sir, are not over it. That is very obvious. They didn't bring it up. You did. And now you seem to be getting upset that you couldn't remember something that you brought up. I think this goes to this idea of whether or not he was being honest with us during his press conference. How dare they ask when he he passed? You brought up the subject to begin with. But wait till you hear all the ways that Democrats are trying to tell you that uh, he's sharp and with it. Members of Congress, uh, you've got members of the media. it's, It's all the same talking point. It's stunning. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz Today. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz Today. Kansas City did what any city would do if they won a big sporting event, a World Series, a Super Bowl, NBA championship, whatever the case may be. They would have a parade. It makes perfect sense, and that's exactly what they did. And from that parade, there is a shooting that kills one, injures many others. There is someone credited as the hero for tackling this shooter, but we don't seem to know much about why the shooting took place to begin with. And I think for those of us who live in Indiana, whether you're listening on WIBC or WGCL or WMUN, is that we've got the NBA All-Star Game coming to town. It, it's here. The people have been here for weeks. It's happening. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are going to descend on the city for this three-day, four-day, five-day celebration. And security is, of course, like the biggest issue that there is. They've been planning this thing out for years, the security situation. And an event like this is massive. We'll now take a Super Bowl victory in Kansas City where you have nearly a million people that are going to come to the celebration. The security conversation is equally as massive. That's why I'm paying attention to this story. It's about security and, and what happens and how do you prevent things and can you prevent all things? So we wanted to get the latest on what has taken place. What is the latest on the situation? Scott Parks joins us. He is the host of the Dana and Parks show on KMBZ uh, in Kansas City, and it's it's good to have you here. Uh, Give us, uh, first of all, the the overview, the latest of of what has happened as if people are just first tuning into this story. Uh, Tony, thank you for having me, Um, and good morning. Um, I guess probably the best way to do it would just be to go through the numbers. Uh, 
Sadly, one person died. Uh, there are several more, as many as seven perhaps, in critical condition, uh, several with life-threatening injuries, um, and obviously we pray for them. Three people in custody, 21 others shot and wounded. Um, to answer your question about a motive, and not that it matters, I guess, um, there's there's no justification for what happened in what I consider the greatest city in America. Um it was not terrorism. It was not extremism. And there may have been actually two shooting locations. There may have been two shootings. Um, one on the street in front of Union Station and one perhaps in the parking garage. We're still, I mean, this is a fluid situation. You know that, how these things work. And so we'll probably learn more today. Uh, but the thinking is at the moment that there were two separate shootings, 21 people injured, one dead. So when you talk about two separate shootings, Scott, are we talking about in two separate areas, or were there two shooters? Uh, both. Um, to, to put this geographically, and I, I understand that I'm, I'm talking to folks in Indianapolis who probably have not been to Kansas City, uh, Union Station is our big, it's a train station just south of downtown. It's a gigantic building that they refurbished about 25 years ago. And it is sort of the, the, the mecca, if you will. And, and, and we've been very fortunate in this town over the last 10, 11 years. We've had an MLS championship, uh, a World Series championship, and three Super Bowls. And so this has kind of become the go-to place where people in this city gather and the teams come out and, you know, Travis Kelsey comes out and butchers a Garth Brooks song yesterday. And uh, the, the innocence of that. And as I was watching it, I was like, oh, my God, and um, he's making an idiot out of himself. And um, if I only knew what was coming up in 20 minutes from that point, uh, I would have never believed it. But Union Station, uh, there is at least one shooting that occurred out front of Union Station. There's a road that runs in front of it called Pershing Road. And there was at least one shooting out there, and we believe there's a parking garage just to the west of Union Station, probably about 300 yards from Pershing Road, where there may have been a second shooting that occurred yesterday. Talking to Scott Parks of the Dana and Parks Show, heard on 98.1 FM KMBZ in Kansas City. Uh, it, it is not unknown in when there are these kinds of sports uh, celebrations to see people get out of control. This, of course, is different. You're bringing up the possibility uh, of a second shooting as well. When it comes to the security measures that are in place, what do you hear from local law enforcement uh, about what they have uh, set up, uh, their coordination with state and any federal uh, coordination, and do they feel that their systems were in place or do they feel that there were any failures or gaps? We're not going to know that just yet. There were 850... Uh, police officers on the scene yesterday. That includes Kansas City, Missouri, uh, Kansas City, Kansas, all the surrounding communities like Leavenworth had police officers there. Lawrence had police officers there. Um, so there were 850 police officers from throughout the entire metropolitan area. There was FBI. There was Homeland Security. There were snipers on every big building that surrounds Union Station. I don't know that security could have been tighter unless you had introduced um, metal detectors and, you know, trying to funnel a million people through metal detectors would have been impossible. And 
just I, I don't know how they could have improved security. Obviously, there's going to be some Monday morning quarterbacking. Uh, we're, we're not there yet. I mean, we're, we're, we're still trying to figure out, you know, who did this? Why did they do it? Who's hurt? Um, and we're, we're weeks away from figuring out, you know, maybe months away from figuring out how, how do we make it better? How do, how do we improve it? But I will say this very quickly, if I could, Tony. I think what happened yesterday in this city, as tragic as it is, is going to change the way that we do, not just we in Kansas City, and maybe we'll get another Super Bowl win next year. Who knows? Uh, God willing. But um, it's going to change the way that we do celebratory parades in America. Uh, because what happened yesterday is inexcusable. Um, it, w- it was a day of celebration. It, it was it was a great day. It was it was one of the most perfect days in Kansas City. Cloudless sky, sixty degrees, a million people downtown, everybody having the time of their life. More confetti than you can throw a stick at, and then a couple of morons with guns went ahead and ruined everything for everybody. One of the conversations that is out there was that this was, and it's been reported in multiple places, that this was a dispute between two people. Has there been, a, an, in not necessarily official reporting, but unofficial? You have people, uh, uh, you know, it's Game of Thrones. The birds talk to you, uh, your little birds. Has anybody discussed what this dispute could have been? Uh, was it um, a business dispute, sexual uh, lovers dispute, gang dispute? Has any of that conversation come up? At one of the shootings, uh, one of the potentially two, we did have somebody on the air yesterday who called in and said, I was right there when it started. And he claimed that there were two men, probably in their 20s, who approached a group of about five teenage boys. And there was some sort of argument. he, He was under the impression that the seven of them knew each other. And the five teenage boys started to walk away, he claims. One turned back around with his backpack and didn't even pull the gun out of his backpack, just fired his gun through the backpack and shot one of the two men. They returned fire. You know, obviously everybody's shooting at each other. And then 21 people, 22 people actually, uh, if you count the deceased, um, 22 people were shot. Talking to Scott Parks, radio host on KMBZ Radio in Kansas City, host of the Dana and Parks show, uh, that person who was killed, Lisa Lopez Galvin. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, I, do, I do radio in Indianapolis and, and across the state of Indiana, weekends uh, across the country with a series of, of different shows. I don't know everybody who does radio in my city, but I know a couple of names. The name of of Lisa Lopez Galvin. This was uh, a 43-year-old, was there at the parade with her kids. What do we know uh, about her, and what is the response from Kansas City? Uh, She was from a city called Shawnee, which is a western suburb of Kansas City. In fact, uh, I live in Shawnee, and I'm calling you from here. Uh, She was not a neighbor, but she lived nearby. Uh, She was a radio disc jockey on a public access radio station called KKFI. Uh, she hosted an Hispanic radio show on Tuesday afternoons. She was a mother of two, uh, a wife, uh, dearly loved by the people that obviously knew her, 
uh, well-respected in our industry. Um, and just went to the, I mean, like a million other people yesterday, you know, woke up and wanted to go see the Chiefs and wanted to see Travis Kelsey butcher a Garth Brooks song and wanted to see Patrick Mahomes and everybody else and maybe see Taylor Swift. Who knows? Um, and by the way, can I, can I just touch on that very quickly, if I may? Not you to make feel free. Taylor Swift, but thank, I, I thank God she was not there yesterday. Not because of, of what happened, but because of the, the crowd she would have attracted. We had a million people downtown yesterday, and the estimate was if, if word got out that Taylor Swift was going to be there and word got out early that she had already left for Australia, um, if Taylor Swift was going to be there, they were estimating the crowd at maybe 2 million people. And um, because of who she is and how big she is, um, and I just, I thank God she wasn't there yesterday because I can only imagine it would have been worse. So now this this leads us to uh, what what is next uh, for the, the city. The investigations are, are going on. Is Has local law enforcement been uh, forthcoming with information or are they keeping this close uh, to the vest? Not because they might not know things, but because they don't want to share things. Which way is it going right now? Well, I, th- I think they've been as open as they can. Um, yesterday, uh, I, I thought they I thought they did an excellent job of communicating to the public in regards to what was going on, where are we now, uh, what is the situation. I mean, there, were, there was a news conference at 4.15, and then they held a news conference at 5 o'clock. Uh, they had two news conferences, the police department did, within 45 minutes of itself. Uh, and I, I, I think they've been as transparent as they can be understanding the situation. I mean, we have at least three people in custody. I've heard uh, – and this is unconfirmed. I've heard rumors of as many as eight people in custody. Um, I, I anticipate that there will be charges today. I'd be shocked if there weren't. But um, no, I know. I think I think law enforcement. And, and if, if I may, Tony, just very quickly. Um, anytime there's a, a shooting, and I've never I've never even been close to a shooting in my life, other than like when I go to the shooting range. Um. But I think the natural human reaction is to just run, to get the heck out of there. There were heroes in this city yesterday, and some of them wore uniforms and some of them did not. There were people, and I think you referenced this earlier, um, there were people who saw danger and ran at it and tackled it and stopped it and waited and held these people until the police arrived. And as awful as this day was yesterday, again, in what I consider the greatest city in America, um, there were heroes among us yesterday. The evil descended on my city yesterday. Evil came here, but so did angels. And, man, they showed up in droves. Before before I let you go, Scott, a question about the politics of it all, because when these things happen, it leads to people like we've already seen uh, members of Congress do. We're already seeing the Kansas City mayor, Quentin Lucas, engage the conversation of gun violence. And there's a gun violence challenge uh, as it relates to major uh, events. It leads to people with uh, uh, engaging, you call them levels of attack on on the Second Amendment. Uh 
aside from these kinds of statements about a gun violence challenge in this community and many others, that's the quote from the, the mayor, Quentin Lucas. Do you hear anybody getting political uh, in Missouri or in Kansas? Not yet. Um, I, I, I'm sure that's going to happen. Um, I, I will say this, if I may. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a gun owner, uh, a responsible one, which is to say that my gun is locked all the time and in a safe. Um, but we have a problem. And I'm, I'm, I'm done with the, well, we'll get to that later argument. Uh, we have a problem in this country. We have a problem in this city. Kansas City is, is, is an amazing and beautiful city. But we had a record number of homicides last year. Record. 200. 200 people in this city were murdered last year. And we have a problem. And sooner or later, hopefully sooner rather than later, it would be my preference as a responsible gun owner and a believer in the Second Amendment that we have a come to Jesus meeting with ourselves. There's a problem and nobody wants to solve it. Everybody just wants to keep saying, oh, we'll deal with it later. We'll we'll get to it some other time. No, let's get to it now. And I would be one of the people... I would be one of the people as a Second Amendment uh, supporter and a owner uh, of firearms uh, that our, our issue is, is not the Second Amendment or the very concept of the right to be able to defend oneself and the ones we love, but rather what is leading people down a road that says that on, in any confrontation, the answer is bang. The answer is do damage as opposed to finding other ways to deal with the thing. What are the points that are leading us to that place? But that's got is another conversation for another day. Scott Parks from 98.1 FM KMBZ in Kansas City. I do appreciate you taking the time. I'm happy to have that conversation with you further. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. There is a lot of noise being made about this dinner that Joe Biden, he's the president, I know, shocking but true, uh, this dinner that he had in North Carolina because it involved fried chicken. And people are like, oh, no, not that. I've never seen a food rile up so many people. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. He had dinner with a black man and his two black children. Oh, no. He didn't serve fried chicken, did he? Yeah, that's the dinner he brought. He went to a local restaurant. That's what he picked up and he brought it there. Now, when I say it has people riled up, people on the political right noticed that this is the dinner that he chose. And you notice no one's actually talking about it in the mainstream press. But if Donald Trump had had dinner with a black man and his two black children and had brought fried chicken, it would be the biggest story in the world, which is weird because fried chicken is delicious. Who wouldn't want to have it for lunch or dinner? It's it's. You mention the word and people go crazy. They go out of their minds. They lose their heads. It's immediately racist. That's the weirdest thing in the world. If you, if if the president decides to have lunch with me and he brings a pastrami sandwich, is he an anti-Semite? It's just, it's so nutty dumb. 
the point that people on the political right are making is that this is something that the left would be on a violent attack about if someone on the political right did it. Oh my gosh, how insensitive. That's the argument that, that people on the political right are making. And I get the point about the radicalness of the hypocrisy of progressives. But maybe the better argument is you're all stupid. And I'm not a guy who uses dumb or stupid often. I think those are words that kind of end the conversation. But what else is it? Who? It, it, it's dinner. What's wrong with it? The answer is nothing. The answer, there's no pejorative in, the, in having this meal. There's no pejorative in bringing this meal. None. You have to want it. And bigots always want it. And the people who want to push some level of hate and disdain and people who are interested in power over decency, they want it desperately. I get their point in that they, they, they think that they can use this and twist this and twist people's minds. That's really only if we let them. I think people who are bothered by this are out of their head. And I think that, yes, if it was a Republican, the left would be going crazy about this. And you know what I'd be saying? They're out of their head because they are. I think the bigger story is, does the Biden team really think that Joe Biden having dinner with a black man and his two black kids in North Carolina, that's going to move the needle? I don't think it does. But then again, Republicans would be too scared to have that meal. True or false? True. Come on. You know I'm right. You know I'm right by 10 bajillion percent. So maybe they're on to something. But the idea that I'm supposed to get worked up because it's chicken? No, thanks. I'll leave that crazy for other people. Find everything at TonyCatch.com. This is Tony Katz Today. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. So here's my problem with prayer. Yeah, I figured I figured I might get attention if I start that way. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything I do at TonyKatz.com. Of course, I have no problem with prayer. The idea of prayer, uh, engaging in, 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 in a word to uh, God, a being, however it is you want to want to see it and and looking for some you know, how, how, how to proceed or, or wishing someone well. I, I have no problem with somebody engaging in prayer. What I, what I have a problem with is the idea of praying on something. And this is a weird, it's, it's about how words are used. And I've discussed this before, but it, it, it just came up recently when I saw somebody on, on X post that they have a pet. And the pet is older, and the pet is going to pass away, as all living things do. And it'll be the first time the children will deal with a pet passing away. Prayers would be appreciated. And I, I stopped, and I said, I don't, I don't get that at all. And, and there is a part of me, every time I hear something like that, 
I'm offended. Now, I have absolutely no right to be offended. Who the hell am I to be offended? Does it matter if I'm offended? The answer is, of course not. Just like I would say about anybody else on any other subject, you have absolutely no right to be offended. I, the, the part that, that I, I don't understand is, why are you asking me for the prayer? What am I going to, to say? What, what could I possibly do? children lose a pet, it's going to be an emotional thing. My kids lost their guinea pigs and they lost their minds. Guinea pigs. And they were, they were cute. They were, they were cute, cute guinea pigs too. And we took them off a, a friend or someone my wife knew. Too many guinea pigs, all right. Giant cage, two guinea pigs. And, and the, ki- the kids were crazy about the guinea pigs. They're holding the guinea pigs and petting the guinea pigs. They'd bring the guinea pigs outside to eat the grass and keep an eye on them because, you know, if you leave a guinea pig out there, there's going to be a large bird that's like lunch and swoop down. So you got to keep an eye on the, on, on the guinea pigs. And one of the guinea pigs passed and, and, and the kids lost their minds. They, they, were, they were young. They, they weren't even teenagers. And, and oh, oh, the tears and everything else. You can understand it, right? It's, it's the family pet, whatever the... the the, the, the pet is, right? I always question when people treat their pets like they're children because pets are not children, but I never question that people have an attachment to their pets because they are indeed a part of, of the family. It makes perfect sense to me in that. And, you know, we did the thing. We, we had the funeral. We did it all. We did it all. But I didn't ask anybody for their prayers. And I'm trying to figure out why I would. And I'm trying to understand what the terminology means. I see this all the time. I see this throughout social media feeds everywhere. Prayers uh, welcomed. Prayers requested. Prayers up. I, I, I think we're asking too many, too many people for prayers. Because I, 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 I have no idea if it's supposed to be somehow spiritually uplifting or it's virtue signaling. And I am on the, uh, uh, under the guise, under the opinion of it's virtue signaling and it's ugly. You don't need my prayers for the fact that you have a pet that will soon die and your kids are going to be sad. You might look for advice on how to deal with the kids, what to say to the kids if someone else has been in that position. But why do you call it prayers? It seems to me, it seems like a bastardization of, of the very concept. I, I often talk about this in relationship to sports. When I first, it should be, we should all be clear, I despise celebrations in the NFL. You get a good tackle, you go through this three-minute song and dance. You, you, there's an interception and the whole team is running to the end zone for some pre-planned kind of celebration. Uh, if you're on the defense, you're supposed to intercept the ball. Hand it back to the ref, walk to the sideline. Say, good play, next. That's your job. You stop the offense, that's your job. It's not special. You don't need to uh, have at all any, uh, any celebration. I don't understand. Celebrations drive me nuts. And it's not even like last-second heroics, which one could possibly understand. It's the mundane. But I figure if Barry Sanders could score touchdowns the way he scored touchdowns for the Detroit Lions back in the day and then just flip the ball to the ref and go back to the sideline, 
That's what everybody should do. Act like you've been there before. Act like this is the standard. This is the way I operate. It's not special. It's just who I am. Well, then it was people after scoring who drop to a knee and say a prayer. And I said, I don't, I don't get that. I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. What, what, what is happening here? What are, are we to believe that God is concerned with or has a, a role to play in whether or not you scored a touchdown? I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't think that's the way it works. Now, it was explained to me by Fingers Malloy, my co-host for Eat, Drink, Smoke, eatdrinksmokeshow.com, that it could be much more than that, Tony. It could be someone just taking a moment to be thankful for everything that's happened in their life to allow them to get to this moment. And they're recognizing their good fortune, never mind their hard work. And I said, okay, I could see that. I could see that. I don't think that has to happen after a touchdown. Wouldn't that happen just after any old routine play? After all, you're playing in the NFL or in Major League Baseball or in in uh, in 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 the NBA. In Major League Baseball, usually it's it's if you hit home run and you you cross home plate and it's the you know it's the, it's the kiss up to the sky. I don't know that one doesn't doesn't seem to bother me as much, but as I think about it, it's the same concept just done differently why not for a single why not for a strikeout you still got the chance there's something performative that bothers me to no end and and i think that people who are religious will say it's it's good that they're expressing uh, their their belief i I, okay i hear you in 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 a world that 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 culturally is is bereft and and anti Certainly Christianity, anti-religion, uh, it, it's, it's nice to see. But what if that's not what's happening? What if that isn't the thing? What if it is indeed performative? Would, 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 is, is that okay? Well, even if they don't mean it, it's good that people see it uh, because maybe it'll get other people to mean it, so therefore it's fine. I, I don't know about that. But to the larger question... Is that, the, is that the moment? Now, this is not a conversation of keep religion in your church or in your home. I don't believe in that crap at all. You are who you are wherever it is you are. If, if, if you're Jewish and you wear a, a, a kippah, yarmulke, head covering, you don't have to just do that in your synagogue or, or in your home. You do that where you are. No problem whatsoever. You're a Christian, you want to wear a cross around your neck, not just at your home and at your church. You do that where you are. You are that person. And I don't think there should be any law or any restriction on that. That isn't my argument for the sake of clarity. I think asking for prayers because you have a pet that will soon pass away and your kids will be upset is odd. I cannot square the circle. As a matter of fact, I, 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 I find it to be, oh, I'm going to get yelled at. This whole thing I'm going to get yelled at. I find it to be ridiculous. Now, I don't think it's meant in a ridiculous way, and it could be that I have the wrong interpretation of prayers. Maybe it's just, hey, looking for a little uh, uh, you know, support here. This is going to be a rough one for me. Feel for me here. 
Maybe that's what is meant by prayers. Maybe prayers has a much larger definition or, 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 or connotation to it. And, and I'm not appreciating that. I'm not giving it all of its due. The prayers has a much larger a connotation to it. It's like shalom or aloha. It means anything you want. It's hello, it's goodbye, it's peace, it's want some cake, it's everything. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just a word that's utilized in a vernacular to be a a, a touchstone to, to, to nearly anything. But yet, why do I, I hear that or I, I read that and I immediately think that is that is a bastardization of the concept, and I actually think that's a negative. I'm not a negative guy on anything, really. I don't. I mean, I don't lead a negative lifestyle. I think that life is is full of possibility. I think people are full of possibility. I don't. I don't walk through life thinking everybody is terrible. I walk through life thinking that everybody is probably pretty normal and wants to be left alone. But certainly, I accept the fact that there are some terrible people. Most of them are in Congress. See what I did there? That's just funny. You for, you, know, you just take that joke and you love it. It's this, it, 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 so, so I, I'm, I'm generally a positive cat. But I hear this and it just hits me with such, a, such an oddness. Because the idea that I would ask for people for prayers. Because the guinea pig is going to die and I have to talk to my kids about it. That seems to me to be an insulting thing to do. And that's where I'm, tr I'm trying to understand why, why I, I see it that way. And I'm wondering if I see it that way because, A, I don't understand the concept of prayers as other people say it, or I understand it properly and other people really are engaged in a bastardization of the concept. I'm not calling anybody a, a name. I'm, I'm, I'm utilizing the word properly. I haven't figured it out yet. And so I'm asking you, Tony at TonyCats.com. Reach out to me uh, at TonyCats.com uh, online. Of course, X at, at TonyCats. Instagram as well, TonyCats. Which one is it? Which one is it about prayer? Is, is, is asking for prayers more of a catch-all for, hey, uh, the, feel for me here. Think of me here. Um, give me some advice here. Or is it, an emotional ma manipulation to, hey, look at me. And thus, as I referred to it earlier, virtue signaling. Because honestly, I can't figure it out. And yet every time I hear it it, it, it bothers me to no end. There's something wrong. There's something off here. This shouldn't, this shouldn't be the statement. This shouldn't be the vernacular. And I know what you're saying. Tony, this is what you wanted to talk about? Dude, you, you want me to talk about politics 24-7? My head will explode and so will yours. This was on my mind. I'm very curious to see where you're at about it, this concept of, of asking for prayers. Am I, am I missing the, the, the concept itself? Am I missing the understanding of what the words mean? Or is this about a manipulation of the words to try and get people to pay attention to them? Let me know on X or at Tony at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
So here's my problem with prayer. Yeah, I figured I figured I might get attention if I start that way. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything I do at TonyKatz.com. Of course, I have no problem with prayer. The idea of prayer, uh, engaging in, 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 in a word to uh, God, a being, however it is you want to want to see it and and looking for some you know, how how, sh- how to proceed or or wishing someone well. I, I have no problem with somebody engaging in prayer. What I, what I have a problem with is the idea of praying on something. And this is a weird, it's, it's about how words are used. And I've discussed this before, but it, it, it just came up recently when I saw somebody on, on X post that they have a pet. And the pet is older, and the pet is going to pass away, as all living things do. And it'll be the first time the children will deal with a pet passing away. Prayers would be appreciated. And I, I stopped, and I said, I don't, I don't get that at all. And, and there is a part of me, every time I hear something like that, I'm offended. Now, I have absolutely no right to be offended. Who the hell am I to be offended? Does it matter if I'm offended? The answer is, of course not. Just like I would say about anybody else on any other subject, you have absolutely no right to be offended. I, the, the part that, that I, I don't understand is, why are you asking me for the prayer? What am I going to, to say? What, what could I possibly do? Children lose a pet. It's going to be an emotional thing. My kids lost their guinea pigs, and they lost their minds. Guinea pigs. And they were they were cute. They were they're cute, cute guinea pigs too. And we took them off a a friend or someone my wife knew. We too many guinea pigs. All right. Giant cage, two guinea pigs, and and the kid the kids were crazy about the guinea pigs. They're holding the guinea pigs and petting the guinea pigs. They bring the Guinea pigs outside to eat the grass. We keep an eye on them because, you know, if you leave a guinea pig out there, there's going to be a large bird that's like lunch and swoop down. So you got to keep an eye on the, on, on the guinea pigs. And one of the guinea pigs passed and, and, and the kids lost their minds. They, they, were, they were young. They, they weren't even teenagers. And, and oh, oh, the tears and everything else. You can understand it, right? It's, it's the family pet, whatever the, 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 the pet is. Right, I always question when people treat their pets like they're children because pets are not children, but I never question that people have an attachment to their pets because they are indeed a part of, of the family. It makes perfect sense to me in that. And, you know, we did the thing. We, we had the funeral. We did it all. We did it all. But I didn't ask anybody for their prayers. And I'm trying to figure out why I would. And I'm trying to understand what the terminology means. I see this all the time. I see this throughout social media feeds everywhere. Prayers uh, welcomed. Prayers requested. Prayers up. I, I, I think we're asking too many, too many people for prayers. Because I, 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 I have no idea if it's supposed to be somehow spiritually uplifting or it's virtue signaling. And I am on the, uh, uh, under the guise, under the opinion of it's virtue signaling and it's ugly. You don't need my prayers for the fact that you have a pet that will soon die and your kids are going to be sad. 
You might look for advice on how to deal with the kids, what to say to the kids if someone else has been in that position. But why do you call it prayers? It seems, to me, it seems like a bastardization of, of the very concept. I, I often talk about this in relationship to sports. When I first, it should be, we should all be clear, I despise celebrations in the NFL. You get a good tackle, you go through this three-minute song and dance. You, you, there's an interception and the whole team is running to the end zone for some pre-planned kind of celebration. Uh, if you're on the defense, you're supposed to intercept the ball. Hand it back to the ref, walk to the sidelines. Say, good play, next. That's your job. You stop the offense, that's your job. It's not special. You don't need to uh, have at all any uh, any celebration. I don't understand. Celebrations drive me nuts. And it's not even like last second heroics, which one could possibly understand. It's the mundane. But I figure if Barry Sanders could score touchdowns the way he scored touchdowns for the Detroit Lions back in the day and then just flip the ball to the ref and go back to the sideline, that's what everybody should do. Act like you've been there before. Act like this is the standard. This is the way I operate. It's not special. It's just who I am. Well, then it was people after scoring who dropped to a knee and say a prayer. And I said, I don't, I don't get that. I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. What what is, what is happening here? What are are we to believe that God is concerned with or has a a role to play in whether or not you scored a touchdown? I I I don't I'm I'm sorry, I don't think that's the way it works. Now it was explained to me by Fingers Malloy, my co-host for Eat Drink Smoke, eatdrinksmokeshow.com, that it could be much more than that, Tony. It could be someone just taking a moment to be thankful for everything that's happened in their life to allow them to get to this moment. And they're recognizing their good fortune, never mind their hard work. And I said, okay, I could see that. I could see that. I don't think that has to happen after a touchdown. Wouldn't that happen just after any old routine play? After all, you're playing in the NFL or Major League Baseball or in, in, uh, in, in, in the NBA. In Major League Baseball, usually it's it's if you hit home run and you you cross home plate and it's the you know it's the, it's the kiss up to the sky. I don't know that one doesn't doesn't seem to bother me as much, but as I think about it, it's the same concept, just done differently. Why not for a single? Why not for a strikeout? You still got the chance. There's something performative that bothers me to no end, and and I think that people who are religious will say it's it's good that they're expressing uh, th- their their belief. I, I, okay, I hear you. In in a, in a world that 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 culturally is is bereft and and anti certainly Christianity, anti religion, uh, it, it's it's nice to see. But what if that's not what's happening? What if that isn't the thing? What if it is indeed performative? Would 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 is is that okay? Well, even if they don't mean it. It's good that people see it uh, because maybe it'll get other people to meet it, so therefore it's fine. 
I, I don't know about that. But to the larger question, is that the is that the moment? Now, this is not a conversation of keep religion in your church or in your home. I don't believe in that crap at all. You are who you are wherever it is you are. If 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 you're Jewish and you wear a a, a kippah, yarmulke, head covering, you don't have to just do that in your synagogue or or in your home. You do that where you are. No problem whatsoever. You're a Christian, you want to wear a cross around your neck, not just at your home and at your church. You do that where you are. You are that person. And I don't think there should be any law or any restriction on that. That isn't my argument for the sake of clarity. I think asking for prayers because you have a pet that will soon pass away and your kids will be upset is odd. I cannot square the circle. As a matter of fact, I, 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 I find it to be, oh, I'm going to get yelled at. This whole thing I'm going to get yelled at, I find it to be ridiculous. Now, I don't think it's meant in a ridiculous way, and it could be that I have the wrong interpretation of prayers. Maybe it's just, hey, looking for a little uh, uh, you know, support here. This is going to be a rough one for me. Feel for me here. Maybe that's what is meant by prayers. Maybe prayers has a much larger definition or, 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 or connotation to it. And, and I'm not appreciating that. I'm not giving it all of its due. The prayers has a much larger uh, connotation to it. It's like shalom or aloha. It means anything you want. It's hello, it's goodbye, it's peace, it's want some cake, it's everything. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just a word that's utilized in a vernacular to be a... a a touchstone to, to, to nearly anything. But yet, why do I, I hear that or I, I read that and I immediately think that is, that is a bastardization of the concept and I actually think that's a negative. I'm not a negative guy on anything, really. I, don't, I mean, I don't lead a negative lifestyle. I think that life is, is full of possibility. I think people are full of possibility. I don't, I don't walk through life thinking everybody is terrible. I walk through life thinking that everybody is probably pretty normal and wants to be left alone. But certainly I accept the fact that there are some terrible people. Most of them are in Congress. See what I did there? That's just funny. You, for, you, know, you just take that joke and you love it. It's this, it, 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 so, so I, I'm, I'm generally a positive cat. But I hear this and it just hits me with such a, such an oddness. Because the idea that I would ask for people for prayers because the guinea pig is going to die and I have to talk to my kids about it, that seems to me to be an insulting thing to do. And that's where I'm, tr I'm trying to understand why, why I, I see it that way. And I'm wondering if I see it that way because, A, I don't understand the concept of prayers as other people say it, or... I understand it properly, and other people really are engaged in a bastardization of the concept. I'm not calling anybody a, a name. I'm, I'm, I'm utilizing the word properly. I haven't figured it out yet. And so I'm asking you, Tony at TonyCats.com. Reach out to me uh, at TonyCats.com online. Of course, X at, at TonyCats. Instagram as well, TonyCats. Which one is it? Which one is it about prayer? Is 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 asking for prayers more of a catch-all for hey, uh, the, feel for me here, 
think of me here. Um, give me some advice here. Or is it an emotional ma- manipulation to, hey, look at me. And thus, as I referred to it earlier, virtue signaling. Because honestly, I can't figure it out. And yet every time I hear it, 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 it bothers me to no end. There's something wrong. There's something off here. This shouldn't, this shouldn't be the statement. This shouldn't be the vernacular. And I know what you're saying. Tony, this is what you wanted to talk about? Dude, you, you want me to talk about politics 24-7? My head will explode and so will yours. This was on my mind. I'm very curious to see where you're at about it, this concept of, of asking for prayers. Am I, am I missing the, the, the concept itself? Am I missing the understanding of what the words mean? Or is this about a manipulation of the words to try and get people to pay attention to them? Let me know on X or at Tony at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today.